Turn your windshield time into learning time. When you're not listening to the Scaling Up H2O podcast, listen to the next book that is going to unlock something so you can do better in your day-to-day by signing up for Audible. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash audible to get a free book and a free month and learn why it's one of my favorite tools. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm Trace Blackmore, your host for Scaling Up H2O. And Nation, tomorrow is the day. Tomorrow is Team World Vision Global 6K course, May 21st. We've been talking about it for a while. So many people have signed up. Several people have started their own teams. They formed them with their companies, or you have joined Team Scaling Up Nation. Tomorrow is the day. We're going to walk, run, do however. We're going to go six kilometers, and we're all doing that to raise awareness for clean water efforts all over the world, specifically people that do not have access to safe drinking water. The reason that it is a 6K, and we learned this when Reed Hutchinson explained on episode 236, that six kilometers is the distance that most people have to walk that do not have access to safe drinking water in order to get the water that they are drinking. Now, by participating in this event, and there's a registration fee, Team World Vision will take that registration fee of only $50, and they will be able to bring water to a village that does not have it. Just participating in this can change lives. Just participating in this can let people know that people all over the world do not have the same situation with drinking water that we do here in the United States. Just by participating in this, you will bring awareness to others in the industry. And just by participating in this, you can have a lot of fun with a very worthy cause in coming together and bonding with your team and doing this with your family members and know that you're doing something that's very important and you're doing something that can change lives. If you haven't registered, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. Again, that is taking place tomorrow. So if you sign up, they're not going to have time to send their packet to you, but you can still do it. And Nation, be sure you share your pictures on social media so we can see exactly what's going on. We can support each other. We can come together as the water treatment community. Nation, talking about the water treatment community, there's just so many people in that community that I call friends. And because of that, this is not a boring job. Because of that, I've got people that I can talk to to answer questions. Because of that, I'm able to have a lot more fun in this industry. I remember somebody told me once that if you are in this industry for at least two years, that most likely you will be in this industry for your entire life. And I think back about how hard that first two-year period was. 
And I'm so glad that I stuck it out. So if you are new in this industry, I hope you are sucking everything up like a sponge. You're asking a lot of questions. You're doing a lot of research. And when somebody tells you something, I hope you internally process it. I hope you go out and you learn as much as you can about it so you can ask that person on the next day some follow-up questions. Nation, this is an amazing industry And I'm so glad that you're in it. I'm so glad that you are part of this Scaling Up Nation. And if you practice the same type of water treatment that I do, I hope that you are aspiring to get your Certified Water Technologist designation. It is the top designation in the industrial water treatment industry, and it lets everybody you come into contact with know that you have obtained excellence. You've done the things that you needed to do to prove that you have a base knowledge in this industry and you've signed a code of ethics to let everybody know that you are going to practice water treatment in a way that helps everybody, in a way that makes sure that we are taking care of this valuable resource that we have called water. You do that by getting those three letters behind your name. In the industry that I'm in, that's the certified water technologist. Maybe in the type of water treatment you practice, there's another certification. But I'm here to tell you that I want you to get that certification. It will do so much for your career and it will do so much for your industry. So many people are wondering how they can prepare themselves to take the Certified Water Technologist examination, and I am trying to help people out with that. So I've created a video course that you can take that goes through each one of the 75 questions that you get called the Mock CWT exam, and you get this when you sign up to take the Certified Water Technologist exam. If you go to Scaling Up H2O, you will see a link right at the top of the page that will take you there. If you want to type it in directly, it's scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. And I hope what this does above all else is it gives you the added confidence that you will get your CWT this year. Folks, if you are in this industry Prove to this industry that you're doing everything that you can to make sure you're making it better each and every day. And a good way to do that is to get your certified water technologist designation. Nation, I can't wait to introduce you to my lab partner. So here is the interview. My lab partner today is Tammy Faber of HOH Water. Tammy, welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Trace. I'm excited to be here. Tammy, I was trying to think how long you and I have known each other. It's probably been a little better than three years, I think. I believe so. Briefly, probably at an AWT convention in California, and then in a more close relationship when I joined Masterminds. 
so many relationships that we've all been able to form because we're part of the Association of Water Technologies or another group that we're a member of. So it, it just goes to show when you put yourself out in the industry that you want to be a part of and you get involved with the associations involved with that, you are going to meet people. And through meeting those people, you get new friends and you get to have great conversations like these. Absolutely. And, and a great group of peers who really support you no matter what may be happening in life in your career too. 100%. Well, Tammy, before we get into our interview, do you mind telling the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about yourself? I am a reformed purchasing person. I like to say that because now I'm in sales. So my first job was in the paper industry where ironically, I bought chemicals for water treatment and had no idea what they were at that point in my life. I'm a a wife and a mom and also a grandma. Um, Enjoy uh, spending time with my husband exploring now Chicago. But uh, my education came later in life after my daughter headed to college. I headed to college too. So I uh, obtained both my bachelor's and master's from Letourneau University at the age of 40. And so education was something I'm passionate about. I think you should always be a lifelong learner which is one of the reasons that I'm constantly growing and changing and evolving. And I just really enjoy the industry I'm in, but I also enjoy giving back. I'm very active at my church and have been even when we were in Texas and was a longtime volunteer with the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And now I've found a new place to uh, volunteer with here in Illinois with the West on Dundee River Challenge. So like to volunteer, love my industry and uh, my family as well. You know, I went to my first bull riding competition a couple of months ago. I absolutely loved it. It's fun. They are actually, as we're recording this, it's rodeo season in Texas. And that's one thing I am actually missing is being at the rodeo and watching all the cowboys and cowgirls and then a lot of kids compete with their animals. Tammy, you mentioned you recently changed roles. You were in operations of a company, and now you're in sales. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition? If you would have asked me eight months ago if I would ever be in sales, I would have probably said, you're crazy. I was in operations at a another water treater in Texas as the vice president of operations, handled a lot of things outside of sales, and I ended up, there's uh, some changes that were going on there finding myself looking for a new position. And one of the things that through this great network I have is a sales position. And I thought at first when Reed Hutchison called me and said, I'd really like to talk to you about becoming our sales manager. I kind of thought after our first conversation, he might be crazy. Now I know he saw more than just my resume. And I love that because He saw in me something from us working together in masterminds and being in a group that I was so much more than what was on a piece of paper. And I love my role. I'm thriving in a role I wish I'd have had years ago. And when you got past what was on the piece of paper, I really was doing sales and I just didn't know it. But more importantly, I was leading people and that's what we needed here at HOH. And, you know, you are familiar with, we we use EOS. And I know you do too. And one of the things that I love about now that I understand and work with EOS is it's not about the paper. It's about having the right person in the right seat to do a great job. 
Nation, she mentioned EOS. That's the Entrepreneur Operating System. That's from a book from Gino Wickman called Traction. A lot of water treatment companies are starting to use that as an operating system. Tammy, you and I read that within the Mastermind Group, and it's just a great format. doesn't have anything to do with water treatment, but it allows you to run your business so much more smoothly because of all the tools that are there. Absolutely. It's empowering to me to be able to, to look at somebody and, and say, well, just because you've been an operations person for 20 plus years, that doesn't mean that's where you have to be. And I think EOS has allowed us to put what some might say is a square peg in me and a round hole, and it's a perfect fit. EOS talks a lot about the right person being in the right seat. And I just love that you're sharing that it allowed you to to see those things. And I'm curious, you you didn't see yourself in sales. Now you said I was always in sales. What was the one thing that made you realize that? I think, you know, Reed and I had talked through when he started talking to me about this role and about where my passions were and what I was doing. And I worked for a woman-owned business. And I was constantly doing the marketing for that part of the business. But I was also working with my co-vice president, David James. And he and I were constantly working together in a team format. He was the sales leader, but we were working together to do proposals and bids. And I learned so much from him. And then I realized that, hey, I'm really doing these sales too. I'm starting to reach out to customers. I'm managing large relationships with our customers we had. And I, I really was all along not only managing the warehouse and accounting and customer service, I was also managing the relationships that we have. Water treatment just isn't about selling chemicals. It's about the relationship you have with the customers. And that it many times is just as important as what we sell. And so I've, I learned through this process of becoming a sales manager that I really was a salesperson at heart because I'm a very much people-focused and relationship-focused, whether it's with our customers or with my team. I find it interesting. A lot of people that get promoted in the sales department get promoted because they're very successful at the day-to-day sales. And I'm not speaking just water treatment. This is in general with every company. More often than not, when somebody gets promoted from something they're really good at into a position that they've never done before, the things that made them successful in that original sales position, managing other people is totally different. And I'm betting Reed saw all the things that you did with your original position and just saw all of those ways that they translated over. He did. And I think that's what's unique about having a team that works creatively, which is one of our core values and works as a team because it takes all different perspectives to make the team work. And a good leader like Rita really pulled that out of me to say, look at these things you're already doing and how well you're doing them. And he showed me and he continues to show me every day. These are the things that you've done for so long that really translate well with leading a sales team. And really I don't want to take my best hunter out of the field and make him a manager. I want him to hunt because that's what he's good at or she's good at. And so it allows me to take some of that administrative kind of things that our great salespeople struggle with and work with them to develop what the customer needs in an even better way. 
Tammy, what would you say one of your biggest changes was in your day-to-day when you switched from operations to sales managing? I think the biggest change for me is not so much about the function of what I'm doing, but the change in our leadership team. I worked on a much smaller leadership team before, and our leadership team here at HOH is very cohesive, and we work really well together. And I've had to get out of a mindset of trying to do everything by my own willpower and by my own just kind of plugging along and trudging through and challenging myself to get to the next thing we needed to accomplish. I have a team to lean on now. And that's been the biggest mind shift for me is just knowing that I can trust the team I'm on and really depend on them when I can't see the next step. And it's, Not that the team I had before, I didn't trust. I trusted them. But I have such a different type of team because of the way we work together and the way our different backgrounds interact together. Our finance manager was a pastor before. And he was actually in sales before he was a pastor. And so his strength I can pull off of when I get stuck on something that I might not necessarily know about sales. And so that interaction and that willingness to give each other and support each other has been just a big boost of what I'm capable of. What's one of the things that you do to help your team do what they do? You called it hunting. What's something that you can do as a sales manager and all the other sales managers that are listening to help make it easier for them to continue to hunt? There have been some day-to-day things and grinds that they get into with trying to put together bid packages and put together proposals. And so we're starting to standardize those. So they have a library of things they can pull from, or they also know, I call it raising your white flag. When they get to the point that they can't do this anymore and they're stuck in a project, all they have to do is ask me and I come running to help them to get them over whatever point they're stuck at. I think the biggest thing I can do is give them support. I also use it as a tool. You know, most of my team is very much extroverts and they sometimes just need somebody to listen to when things aren't going their way. And so being a sounding board for them, helping them work through whatever process they're stuck on and maybe finding a different way to get in a door because I've been a purchasing person. I think that's helped them a lot. I I tell them all the time to, okay, put on your purchasing hat and think like they think. And then maybe we can get behind that door that you used to think is shut. What's some advice you have for all the salespeople out there and how they can work better with their sales manager? I think the biggest thing is see your sales manager as your support system and your ally. When you win, the sales manager wins and they're not trying to compete or I've seen instances in the past, not here at HOH, where Salesmen keep their leads so close to them that they don't share with the team. Our team is very open with each other, and we share on our level 10 meetings that we have each week where we need help. And it allows me to speak into where we might be stuck, but it also allows the team to speak into where they may be stuck and give them fresh ideas. So don't be afraid to say, I can't do this and I can't help because your sales manager wants to help you. I think that's some great advice. You and I met at the AWT in Palm Springs, 
And I want to say we were assigned to do something together. And then through that, I think we met on another committee call. And then when there was the virtual convention, you and I worked together because I think we were introducing some speakers together. And later, uh, we got involved with the mastermind together. And I've just really become an admirer and a fan of yours. I just want to ask, how did you get to the point where you said, I now need to start giving some of myself? I need to start getting involved. What happened with that? I think a couple things. One is there was some transition we were going through with the company I used to work for. And I didn't have the support system with some of the tenured water professionals that I had. So it was really important for me to get up to speed really fast. And AWT was there that to in the background, you know, there was training, there's boards you can talk to if you have problems. And that kind of pulled me through some things that I needed from a later leadership perspective and trying to understand because I wasn't a water treater, I was an operations professional. And so I saw the value they brought to me and how that it really did help me on some tough situations. And so I decided I want to get involved. I want to help because this matters. This industry matters. And more importantly, this middle market, you know, competing against really large companies is hard when you're a smaller company. And so I wanted to be able to give back in the same way that I had received the information. And so I think the first committee I volunteered for was the convention committee. And that just made an impact to see all of the things that happen at convention and the background and all the work that goes into it. It made me want to give even more because people work tirelessly to help the AWT and you just don't understand the time they give until you get behind the curtain. Well, after getting involved with AWT, you were looking for some other things. And I, of course, saw things instantly when I met you. So when we opened up a new mastermind group, you were one of the first people that I called. Why did you join? I was really at a point in my career, there had been some major changes where I used to work and I had lost what I thought was my mentor. He had passed away. And I found myself right before 2020, at the end of 2019, going, how can I have that sounding board? How can I find a group of people that I can run these everyday problems by because I didn't have anybody to talk them through? And that's when you opened up the group and it drastically impacted my stress level, my ability to process problems. I went from kind of feeling like I was on an island by myself to having a group of six, seven really strong individuals in a environment where it didn't matter what I said, there was no judgment. They could listen, help me get to the root of the problem and give me feedback to try to manage through some tough times where I work. And I don't think I could have gotten through that season in my career without the group. And then you complicate it with COVID hit. And then we were even more isolated. So I, I didn't have anything but work, which was really stressful. And this group to get me through those stressful times to even figure out how do you manage a pandemic at a small company? Yeah, nobody has ever written any books on that. We had no idea how to manage ourselves and our businesses through the pandemic. 
but we all had little pieces that the other ones didn't have. And we shared those pieces. And somebody would say, well, I wonder what should we be doing financially? Or are there certain metrics we should be looking at? Uh, what about the PPP loans? What do we need to know about that? And we just found experts to come in and talk and teach to our group. Absolutely. And that, that made such a difference because I didn't have any other resource except also AWT during that time with some of the things that were going on with supply chain. So between the mentor group and AWT, it was a great way to get through a time that wasn't expected. And then that group also was the support when I was going through this job transition and where, what was I going to do and through some stresses, I know that I would not be in the job I'm in out the mentoring and the network that I had with Mastermind because suddenly when I was looking for a job, I had a group of six people in my core group that cared about me, that knew my strengths, that could sell my story, that could show me that I was something more than an operations manager. But more importantly, I had four or five opportunities to look at great companies in different areas of the country that I really wanted to get to. My, I'm from Ohio. My parents are in Ohio. And it was important for me to, as they age, get closer to them. And Masterminds was really that catalyst that got me where I am because I had the network to lean into. Tammy, I'm sure there are people listening and they said, yeah, I've heard about the Rising Tide Mastermind. Trace talks about it on the podcast. But you as a member... Talking to somebody else that has no idea what it is that the Rising Tide Mastermind does, what would you tell them? I would tell them it gives you a center when things are a little chaotic. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. It's really true because that season in my life, and even now as I'm in a new role, I face some things that I've never come across. And so there's always somebody in my group, which I'm in a different group now, that has a different perspective that can see past my pain point and challenge me to get to the root. A lot of times I think as people, we tend to easier to deal with what we think the problem is and not the real issue. And so I love that the group will call you out and say, wait a minute, that's not really your issue. I think you need to look at X, Y, and Z. And suddenly there's, it's like there's a veil or a curtain that's lifted and you go, oh, it was right in front of my face the whole time. That's what the problem is. It's not really the symptom I was trying to fix. One of the underlying foundational rules of the Rising Tide Mastermind is whatever we talk about in the Mastermind stays in the Mastermind, but I'm going to violate that a little bit if that's okay. Okay. One of the issues you brought up is you said, I am thinking about running for the board of the Association of Water Technologies. Then what happened? That was a goal. I was thinking I wanted to really give back. And the next thing I know, I'm getting calls and I was on the ballot. Didn't win the first time I was on the ballot. Fast forward to this past January, someone had to resign from the board and I was actually asked to join the board and the board actually accepted and voted it to add me to the board. So as of you know, January, February, I'm now on the AWT board. I love it. It's another way for me to give back and work with a great group of people that really cares about our industry and they're passionate about it. And 
I am so thankful that people believe in me and support me because they see me for my skills. They want great things for me because they know what I'm capable of. And it's so fun to have a group of people that can go, you know, you can do that and you can make a difference. Because sometimes I think we go, no, I can't. I'm just, I'm just me. But they really push you to be your best. Yeah, for some reason, we all have poor dialogue inside our heads when it comes to evaluating ourselves on how we believe in ourselves, on the things that we think that we can do. It's good to have somebody say, no, don't listen to that. You need to change that dialogue. You can do all of those things and more. Yeah, it's kind of funny you say that because today, Reed and I were talking about a challenge, you know, and some things we were doing. And I said, but that's not the story in my head. And he reminded me that the story in my head is not really always the story, that there's baggage that we all have to think about. And sometimes if we get out of our own head, we can see that we're capable of so much more. Well, tell us what it's like to be on the AWT board. What is it that you guys do and what do members need to know about that? Well, I've only had one meeting and so I'm still learning. But the biggest thing that I think we do is determine and look at ways to make AWT stronger so that we are helping the member companies be stronger in our industry, whether that's through the CWT or Amplify, you know, it's everybody on that board takes off their company hat and puts on their AWT hat and really strive to make a difference, to make an impact, to help all the members. And I love that. Michael Bourgeois is one of those people. He'll, he's so passionate about what we do and, and he loves to see the board grow and make an impact. And it's evident on every person in that board. Now, you mentioned the CWT, that's the Certified Water Technologist designation. I want to say that most of our listeners know what that is, but there was another term you mentioned, Amplify. What's that? Amplify is a discussion that the members and the volunteers are having right now about how to create a structure that makes sure the association thrives in the future. So there was a task force that was set up to look at what does membership look like and how do we create sustainability? There's been some contraction in membership over the, over the years, and a lot of it's through consolidations and things like that. So this is a way for the bylaws to be um, changed to allow different types of membership, like an individual membership category, or to increase the cap. And so when we go to convention and through virtual means, there'll be ways for people to vote on that, what the final language looks like to allow you know, a larger size company. Um, with 500 employees or fewer, and then an individual membership to join AWT. So there's there's great information on the AWT website that kind of lines all that out. But the great thing is it's all to make the organization stronger. So if somebody wants to learn more, go to awt.org and they can just navigate over to learn more. Exactly. And there's actually a, a link that you click that says Amplify AWT that will explain everything and how, you know, the bylaw vote will, what the wording is on everything. And you mentioned the upcoming convention. It's a convention that's going to be out of the country. We're going to be in Vancouver, Canada. What does the Scaling Up Nation need to know about that? Get your passport. Make sure you have a passport. And the great news is as COVID restrictions have begun to lighten up, things are getting easier. It's going to be a great convention, and I know I'm excited for it. 
I think by the time we get to convention, even more restrictions will be will be lifted. So it's definitely an evolving situation. But every you know week, we're hearing even better news about all those restrictions being gone. Even in Illinois, we don't have to wear masks anymore. So things are improving, and it's going to be a great convention. The last convention we had in Providence, Rhode Island, it, it was a convention that we were all looking forward to because we had been away for a year because the pandemic was the previous year. And we all got together, but there was just something special for me during last year's convention. And it was around all the mastermind members. We kind of came together and we figured out what are all the things that we're learning at this convention? How can we divide and conquer? How can we see more than one presentation at a time? Who has a new product? What vendor is showing something that we thought could help somebody else? I, I don't know. I was just curious, was that impactful for you as well? I will be completely honest that it, the convention was impactful, but for a different reason for me, I had just joined HOH like three days before that. And so that was my first time to spend time with any members of my team. So I was kind of attached to the hip with our tech team, Darius and the other guys that were with them. So I spent a lot of time trying to just learn and absorb from them and see how things applied to HOH and the way we do business. And so I kind of wasn't in that mindset as much as the rest of my teammates because I was trying to be a sponge and really absorb everything about HOH because I was able to meet suppliers that HOH works with that I had never met being in Texas. So kind of different with AWT for me. Yeah, you go to this convention and if you've never been before, it is a place where you're going to meet people that instantly understand what it is that you do. And that doesn't exist anywhere. You don't have to explain all the things that somebody needs to know to understand what it is that you do. You can just go right into whatever's going on. And every single person you will ever need to make a purchase from just about is going to be in attendance. Absolutely. I met probably the core of our suppliers at AWT conventions my first full weekend at HOH. So it was a great, really quick kind of drink from the fire hose moment and learn about how we do business. So from that perspective, the timing couldn't have been better. Tammy, you've obviously been very successful in the water treatment industry. So you speaking to the future women that will come into the water treatment industry, what do you want to say? You know, that's a great question. Yesterday was, as we record this, was International Women's Day. And we have a call with our women in the field team here at HOH every month. And it's a wide variety of ages and what we do. I have three fantastic young water quality engineers who are female. In fact, I think two or three of our last WTQE hires, water quality engineer hires, were female. And I love that they're so passionate about STEM education and water treatment. And I think the key is they have learned that, and I raised my daughter like this, you can do anything you want. And all the roles in the past of you had to be this or that, it doesn't matter. And so I think the biggest takeaway that I have, and it was true when I first started my career, I was in the paper industry at first, and I was one of the few women in the room. And now it's so nice to bust through a glass ceiling and know that, you know, there are other young female water careers coming up behind me that can 
change the face of this this industry and really want to make an impact. And I love that they're so purposeful and impactful thinking about the environment and water and how to make what we do even better. Obviously, you and I love this industry. What's one of your favorite things about being involved in the industrial water treatment industry? The people are fantastic. And there's not anybody that doesn't love to give of themselves. But I love that it's so different every day. One day, we could be at a beautiful high-rise building working in downtown Chicago. And the next day, it might be up in Wisconsin working at a bakery or at a filtration plant. And it's just water's so many places, and we're where water works. And so the fact that we can go to so many different industries and help so many different kinds of people, I love that. I love that too. And I am going to love this, and so will you. We are now going to advance to the lightning round. Are you ready, Tammy? I am ready. All right, Tammy, your first question, you have the ability to go back in time and talk to yourself on your very first day in this industry. What advice would you give yourself? I would tell myself to get involved with AWT in a mentor group from the very start, from day one. And I would also tell myself to learn more technically from an operations standpoint. When I was in that role, I wish I would have done more technical training. I'm learning now, but I wish I would have started that from day one. Tammy, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to take the role of first day you, and I'm fairly certain that you would reply to your present day self that I don't have enough to offer to get involved. I am sure I would have, and I think I would have told myself, yes, you do. There are places and people that need to hear from you, no matter if you're day one in the industry or day 5,054. There is something you can give because you have a different perspective. What are the last few books that you've read? One of them I'm reading right now is Revenue Growth Engine with the Mastermind Group, and I am devouring it. I absolutely love it. The other two are uh, just finished Make Your Bed and Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Now, Make Your Bed, is that the admiral that wrote that? That is the admiral, and my mom would be proud. I've started making my bed more. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not familiar with Green Light. What is Matthew McConaughey teaching you? It kind of goes with my change in career. He is his it's his autobiography. He reads it if you do audible. So it's, I like that part. But it's really about how he really went out of the box to figure out how to become an actor. Some of the off-the-wall, crazy kind of Matthew McConaughey things you would expect and how he did things and how he went about his journey. And a lot of tenacity when he was told no for certain things and he just found a way to get the part. And it's, it's a great read. It's an easy read, too. But hearing it from his voice is even better because you hear that, you know, all right, all right, all right thing that he does. When Hollywood gets the script about your life story, who do you want playing Tammy? I thought about this long and hard and talked to a few people, but I decided Sandra Bullock because she has been the tough FBI agent on Miss Congeniality, but she also knows how to drive a bus really fast and keep it from blowing up. But yet she still in the end can go with the nice romance with Harry Connick Jr. and Hope Float. So she's really got a lot of tenacity, a lot of versatility in that. That's who I think I am. I've done different roles 
and different things that make me who I am. I'd go see that movie. I think it would be good. (laughs) Tammy, my last question for you. If you could talk to anybody throughout history, who would it be with and why? This is kind of, I mean, throughout history, I thought about this a long time and I, uh, I decided it wouldn't be somebody that historically that anybody would necessarily know except me, but I never met my dad's dad. And, uh, my dad is a, is like one of my role models and mentors. And he talks about his dad, you know, as a great man and a business leader. And I just like to sit down and talk to him and, and just find out who he was because I know him through my dad's lens and he raised my dad to be the guy he is. I just really want to know who he is because my dad's awesome. I love that answer. Tammy, I want to thank you for coming on Scaling Up H2O, for inspiring us a little, for sharing a lot about your story and letting us know all the different things that we should be doing to enhance our careers. Thank you so much for having me. And just, I guess if I could leave your listeners with one thing is just don't see yourself as just the words on a paper on your resume. Think about who you really are and what makes you great. Tammy, congratulations on all the things that you have accomplished, all the things that you continue to set out on. It has just been so fun to know you over the past few years. I can't wait to see all the things that you accomplish in the future. And Nation, take it from Tammy. The more you put yourself out there, the more you get involved in whatever it is, the more you're going to be able to take from it. Now. I really think if your mindset is I'm going to join this, whatever it is, so I can take from this group, you are never going to be successful. But if you have the mindset that you're going to help everybody that you can, a natural repercussion is people are going to pour back into you. Now, in the Rising Tide Mastermind, this is one of the core principles that we have, and we call it a full cup mentality. And just imagine if I have a full cup and I go into that meeting and everybody else has a full cup and our goal is to fill everybody's cup, somebody's cup is going to overflow. Probably several people's cup is going to overflow. Now think if somebody doesn't come prepared for a meeting, somebody doesn't dive in, somebody doesn't try to support somebody else and their cup is empty and maybe there are a couple people in the room that have empty cups. Well, the people that did come to give, their cup is going to dry up very quickly because they're having to overcompensate for the other people. So I think that's a great mental image if you decide to join an association like the AWT or the AWWA or the WQA or all the other different acronyms that we have in the industrial water treatment industry. Or even if you decide that the Rising Tide Mastermind sounds like something that's right for you, none of those things will work if you do not come prepared with a full cup. So I hope you've taken away from Tammy's message that the more you put into something, the more you're going to get out. Speaking about somebody that's always putting in to all of us and making sure that we're becoming better industrial water treaters one week at a time, here's a brand new Thinking on Water with James. 
Welcome to Thinking on Water with James, the segment where we don't give you the answers, we give you the topics and questions for you to think about, drop by drop. Now let's get to it. In this week's episode, we're thinking about what value you bring to your customer or facility. Are you just coming in, running your pinks and blues, writing a report, telling them what to do in your report, talking to no one, emailing the report, and leaving? Does your customer or facility find value in this? What other ways can you provide value? What problems can you solve? What control can you improve? What safety hazards can you minimize or eliminate? What value are you providing today to warrant working with you tomorrow? Take this week to think about your routine and what value you currently provide and what value you could provide in the future. Be sure to follow hashtag TOW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O to share your thoughts on each week's Thinking on Water. I'm James McDonald, and I look forward to learning more from you. Scout Nation, I just want to make sure that you know you have the opportunity to participate in the Global 6K tomorrow so if you have not signed up, please go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. And I hope to see you on social media while you are just doing something incredible for somebody else and having fun while you're doing it. So Nation, be sure to post your pictures running, walking, whatever you're doing during the Global 6K tomorrow. I would love to see them. Many of us are going to be carrying five-gallon cans because that's normally what they carry their water in. So we're going to have five-gallon pails of water that we are carrying along with us. Feel free to do that if you want. If you don't want to, you don't have to do that. I can't wait to see all the people tomorrow. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you that if you have an idea for this show, if you have somebody that you want me to interview, reach out to me. You can do that by going to scalinguph2o.com. You can go to our show ideas page, or you can leave me a voicemail letting me know what you want to talk about or what question you want me to answer. As long as you do that, I've got plenty of information for a show. I've said on other shows that when I was 10 episodes in, my original ideas were all depleted, and somehow we have made it to episode 252. Well, I've put a lot of work in that, and I know so many of you have helped me with ideas, with guests. Folks, I want to make sure that we get as many episodes that we can, and I'm always bringing you valid content. So any help you can give me, go to scalinguph2o.com. Nation, I'll have a brand new episode for you next Friday. Have a great week. Why do we call our mastermind the Rising Tide Mastermind? Well, I know you've heard me say before, a rising tide raises all ships. That's one of my favorite quotes because it's so true. The better we do, the better somebody else can do and vice versa. That's exactly what the Rising Tide Mastermind is. It's our members helping other members to achieve success and to get there further and faster. To find out more about the Rising Tide Mastermind, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.